I'm Pete Sutterling, and welcome to the Zero Prime Podcast, where we explore the early stories of top startups via the experiences of their engineer founders. This week on the show, I welcome Lindsay Pettengill, the co-founder and CEO of Iggy. Lindsay was previously a tech lead and data science manager at Airbnb, and she started Iggy to solve some of the specific challenges she discovered in her career while working with location data. Let's dive in. Lindsay, you have a really interesting background. You're a data scientist and a tech lead at Airbnb. I know you're also a graduate of Insight, the data science program, which unfortunately had to close its doors during the pandemic, but think very highly of, of the work that they did. And it's really great to, to chat with you. We've been friends for a couple of years, and I'm happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be here and you know, always exciting to, to talk about Iggy and uh, the, you know, the data space, and uh, I'm excited for the conversation today. Yeah, great. Well, you're one of the few people in the community, there's a couple out there, but you're one of the few people that likes to talk a lot about geodata, place data, location data. And so I'm excited to drill in with you on those topics today because you're the resident data council expert on such things. So tell us, like, what's the big deal about what you're building at Iggy? I'm curious to hear some of the background of the company and, and what the big idea is. Yeah, awesome. Really happy to share more. So you know, we'll start at a really high level. You know, we really want Iggy to be the only tool you need to integrate data about place into your product or models. And we can probably talk about data about place in a couple minutes, but you can really think about it as data that describes what's out there in the world. And just examples, right? It could be a cemetery. It could be pollution. It could be the trees lining the street that you live on. You know, it's literally anything that exists in the real world. I've always been a really practical person, so maybe this isn't surprising, but, you know, it's anything that exists out in the real world and, and uh, you know, has a lot long associated with it. You know, I always give the example of walk score. Uh, people love walk score. What's walk score? So walk score is this, this company was actually founded maybe 10, 15 years ago at this point, and they're still around. They got bought by either Realtor or Redfin, and it was basically like a widget you could put on on web pages, on property pages that conveyed a score for the area that you live in. It was actually a composite measure. It referred to like transportation access, amenity access. And I think the brilliance was in a widget, right? Like at a time, again, 10 or 15 years ago, this, this thing came about. But, uh, you know, you just plop a, a widget on your property listing on a website and people are like, gosh, look at this walk score. It's 96, right? No one actually knows what it means, but it feels pretty good. I, I like to think about Iggy as walk score on steroids because... You know, I've considered walk score like kind of one of N and Iggy is one of many, many multiples of N. We really strive and you know, we have a similar uh, sort of goal in that we want to be the folks that you come to if you want to try to understand a place, right? I mean, obviously, an articulation of that like on a real estate site is, is quite tangible. So with that said, though, we're not just a data provider. You know, I started off by saying like we want to be the only tool to integrate place into your, into your product or models. You know, and I think that part's important, like into your product or or models. And I think we'll probably spend more time talking about this. But you know, there are companies like Esri. Esri is founded in the '80s. Very kind of secretive private organization, but their revenues, you know, in the billions of dollars a, a year, so they're doing quite well. And they kind of make the the standard geospatial mapping analytics product. Uh, you know, if you're in college and and you want to learn about mapping or really uh, geodata, your access to it is usually through Esri and, and related products that, that they make. There's an open source competitor to it called Q, which is pretty cool, but Esri for all intents and purposes is, is like the major player here. There's Cardo, they used to be called CardoDB. 
you know, I really think of them as, as like an analytic platform. They replicate a, a lot of what was available in Esri, but you know, th- those, those things are out there and they've been around for a while and they can really help folks create and work with geo data. But the tools have pretty steep learning curves. They're mostly used for one-off analytics. And my background, for lack of a better word, you know, my tech background is, is at Airbnb. And you know, so what, what does that mean? It means that I, I don't think so much about like one-off analytics, but rather the sort of software development process. And you know, with Iggy, it's like we, we want to help people build better products for the web, which is different than doing analytics on data sets. And we'll, we'll talk more about why. But you know, if that's the sort of stuff you want to do, like actually build better web products or, or improve your machine learning models with geospatial data, there really aren't great options. Google isn't great. You know, we could go on and on about that. But the high level with Google Maps here is that you, you, know, you pay to display a map on a website. You don't pay for the data behind it. And, and that's like an amazing limitation that we've all just sort of accepted. Without Iggy, even though there's, there's like lots of data out there, often in the public realm, you know, this geospatial data, like I mentioned, there are data sets for the trees in San Francisco, right? There are data sets for cemeteries. It's kind of funny to me. But using the data is often limited unless you have this, this like kind of refined set of skills the software stack for what Iggy wants to enable isn't really there, or it's a bunch of like duct taped workflows that are uh, a bit annoying. And, and I think that's a real missed opportunity. Got it. Well, and how did your previous career give you a key insight in the space, would you say, based on your previous experience, presumably from Airbnb? Yeah. So, you know, it was one of those classic like firsthand experiences. At Airbnb, I, I was pretty well known for like knowing our data really well. And, and that's mostly because I'm little ADD and curious. And I just like spend a lot of time, like whenever I want to know more about something, like I'll, I'll spend a bunch of time with it and and get to know it. And, you know, I was at Airbnb for five years and, you know, over five years, that knowledge, you know, it it becomes pretty vast, you know, at a company that, that has really fascinating data. And, you know, so I I knew our data really well. And I was working with some engineers. Um, This was when I was actually on a growth and they were like, oh, we want to send this email to all of the hosts who own listings that are by the beach. And I was like, hey, I got you covered. You know, like, of course I've got you covered. How could I not? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it. And I was kind of shocked. Um, because again, I knew our data pretty well. And I was like, or or I knew how to find out things, right? So if I don't know where it is, I'll I'll figure it out. And I, I just I there wasn't a way to do it. And it's because, at least at that point, Airbnb's concept of place and was always rooted in the listing, right? Like the, the unit was the listing, which makes sense. It's a marketplace for short-term, longer-term rentals. And so there's, there's this really intense focus on the listing, not what's around the listing. And a beach is around a listing. It's not a property of a listing. So we didn't have the, the data that we needed. And you know, the interesting thing here is that some hosts, of course, included this information in the description. Oh, we're by the beach. You see a picture. Oh, well, it's clearly beachfront, right? But like, so you've, you've got that data in photos, you've got it in reviews. It's really scattered. We didn't have anything at scale. I was doing this like regexing, looking looking for examples of that. But as you can imagine, it's a really massive effort if that data is not already structured to make it so. I was really frustrated by that. And my manager at the time, I was like, listen, we have like a great opportunity here. What if we what if we sort of change the way we think about place? He didn't, he didn't agree with me, <laughs> which it was one of the reasons I left Airbnb because I, I felt like I was right, right? Like I think a, a bunch of us founders, you know, we have this experience where we're like, oh no, you're wrong. It's not, it's not me. So, you know, just to give a, a little, like, why was I so passionate about this? It's not just because of these engineers, right? Who I didn't want to let down, but like, think about it. An Airbnb by coffee shop should probably be priced more than, than one that's not, right? Like, Airbnb by public transportation should probably be priced a little differently. 
if we knew which Airbnbs were by vineyards, we could act, you could market that. And that that to me was like, oh, that starts to actually get really cool, right? You can even reverse that and you can start with vineyards as an example, then, you know, draw a catchment area around vineyards and say, you know, as Airbnb, why don't we target? Why don't we we try to do like increase our supply by going after these hosts? We weren't we were only doing things like that at scale, right? And I think that's where the data part is really cool. You know, and that was super top of mind for me because Airbnb's main limitation then and now and probably will always be its supply, right? And so think about place and, and you're able to extend the supply. So I really felt like we were missing an opportunity from a data scientist perspective. It's not like the beach or vineyards are some unknowable thing, right? This isn't rocket science. Like, and these data sets, they, they exist. They're just often, and we'll talk more about this, like in a format that's not accessible, like a and it's, it's when I say that, it's like not accessible to the software development process, right? Like, what's a shapefile? Most software engineers have never worked with shapefiles or raster files, which uh, we, can, we can get into details about. But the data is really scattered if it is out there. The development process and the knowledge it takes to work with those data sets is it's really broken. And that's you know what Iggy really wants to focus on. And I have to add, like, I left Airbnb over two years ago, so two and a half years ago. In the meantime, they've actually launched this really interesting product it's called Categories. And you know, you go to Airbnb today and top of the search, above the search bar, which is a whole other conversation. What happens when you reduce the prominence of our primary interaction with a product, right? Which is usually through search. He has these little icons. Oh, what's there? Vineyards, beaches, lakes, right? So I don't know. It, it makes me feel somewhat justified that like mm. I, I was onto something. And now, in fact, we even have customers who say like, oh, well, Iggy can help us be more like Airbnb, which is, which is really cool. And it's also easier to convince people to do something if, you know, someone like Airbnb is already doing it. They made my job easier. Well, that's great. Yeah. And your site, if you go to Maggie's site now, it says um, build great products with neighborhood data. So I think we're kind of backing into that. But yeah. do you want to go a little bit deeper into how you think of neighborhood data specifically and what that means? Yeah. Awesome. Great question. Thanks for asking. So I'm very much not a marketer. Uh, so the, what's on our webpage changes a lot. Um, but I do... You know, the neighborhood data thing is, is something um, we obviously take really seriously. So, and, and it's one that our customers use a lot, right? Our customers will say, well, we, we want to know about the neighborhoods. And, and I kind of resisted it for a bit, but, but now I'm learning. You have to lean into that. Um, so you can think about it like if I asked you to describe where you live, you'd probably tell me a bunch of things about what's nearby, right? If it's an urban context, you'd probably tell me. There are like stores nearby and here are the stores, right? There are these restaurants. There are maybe parks. There are schools. For a lot of people in an urban context, they choose to live there because lifestyle they're choosing, right? Not just arts and culture, but but maybe also things are walkable. You know, if it's suburban, you'd probably tell me similar things, but what you could drive to because, you know, part of the American definition of suburb or experience of suburbs is that they're really, you know, car, car dependent. We like to think about that area that you describe as like a reachable area. That's what we mean by neighborhoods. It's like just your concept of what's nearby. And the data is a set of places or descriptions you use to talk about the neighborhood. So neighborhood data to Iggy is a set of descriptors, insights, language you use to talk about the area that you live. Take it one step further, just in terms of like making it a little more tangible. One way to think about what Iggy creates 
for its customers and sells to its customers is you, know, you can think about just a massive data set, a data product, right? Every address is a row in our data product and the columns are really these descriptors or insights. So they could vary from very simple things like, oh, there's four coffee shops in this 10 minute area that you consider where you live, right? We can include things like distance to the nearest, say, fire station, not just for safety reasons, but if you've ever lived near a fire station, they're really loud. I mean, for good reason, but you know, when it comes to sort of quality of life, but an interesting proxy for that is, is something like a fire station. So, you know, that could be another column. I mentioned cemeteries before, and, and the reason I mentioned that is like it, it always makes people laugh when I mention cemeteries, but it, it ends up coming up a lot because most people don't want to live near a cemetery because they're superstitious, which whenever there's a sort of a belief like cemeteries are weird, then there's an opportunity for someone else to take advantage of that, right? So like many people may not want to buy a home near a cemetery to live in it, right? But like you could purchase it as an investment property, probably for, for much cheaper than, you know, a home that's not near a cemetery. Uh, and then, you know, there's an opportunity there. So it, it's really interesting because one of the things I think that, that Iggy takes quite seriously is this variability, right? It's always in the eye of the beholder, right? And with us, it's like, I mentioned walk score and N of one, you know, not really fair, but like Iggy, we have 3,000, 4,000 columns of data, right? So you can really, once you start to, to understand it and, and get in there, there's like so much you can understand and, and do with that data. Well, we can dub this the cemetery effect and, uh, and give you credit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Lindsay, what's the largest vision you see for Iggy and its products? Yeah. So one way that I like to talk about Iggy is Wikipedia, Wikipedia for place. So Wikipedia for every lat long. So just imagine a place a lat long and describing it, right? Like, oh, this is a residential area. The streets have slow speeds. There are sidewalks. There are people and dog parks, like within walking distance. The climate's Mediterranean. Maybe the schools are good. There's a farmer's market nearby. This is actually my neighborhood. We can essentially do that with Iggy today. That way of talking about place, that way of describing about place. And, you know, we'll add more and more fidelity over time. Uh, we're always ingesting new data and featureizing it. I think that's actually the more important thing is it's not just it's just raw data. It's how you featureize it that, that's really important. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like that idea of a Wikipedia for place where you can really like zoom in and zoom out, not like a map, but in terms of, um, you know, descriptors, insights, et cetera, of a place. Hopefully that's inspiring and helpful. Cool. Love it. And I know that it's been a journey for you, for, for every technical founder, it is starting a company. And, you know, that's one of the, the themes of this podcast is we like to uncover um, the most interesting insights and experiences that technical founders have had when starting a company, because it's not all roses all the time. So I'd be curious to hear if you have any insights for other folks out there who might be listening and thinking about starting a company as an engineer or a technical person themselves. Yeah, I'm really glad that you asked this question because I think it's one we we gloss over too much probably. You know, I, I like to say like for founders who are who are thinking about it, pre-founders maybe, like it's really hard and you probably won't like it. And I don't say that lightly. I really say it with love and care and and empathy. You know, I think the truth is it's so so hard to build something from nothing, right? You know, there's some founders who we talked about my experience at Airbnb. I encountered this problem. I did not have a solution. That is very different than I encountered this problem and then I built a solution within my company and now I'm bringing it to all of you. So part of this is, you know, it's specific to, to, to my journey, which isn't exceptionally rare, right? I think plenty of folks, you know, raise a pre-seed on an idea. 
but you know, it's really hard to build something from nothing and build a team and build and sell a product and keep your team happy and motivated. And, you know, we glamorize being a founder so, so much. My wife likes to joke that like, I have disavowed her of any fantasy of wanting to be a founder. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's probably good mm-hmm. for, for our relationship. But you know, I feel really lucky that I, I get to do this. I, I, I really don't think it's a job for everyone. I like to joke that I'm glad I played rugby when I was in college because sometimes it feels like you're getting kicked in the face and I have some experience with that. And it's, you know, it's not fun, but we, <laughs> we all survive. Just like somewhat relatedly, there's this tweet I've been thinking about. I think it's, 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 it's relatively recent. This uh, investor, Sarah, from used to be a gray lock, and I think she started her own thing. And you know, she said something like, there's all this VC money flowing into data, the modern data stack, data tooling companies. But, but at the end of the day, most companies don't know how to make decisions with or, or use data. And oh, man, it's like damning. But I think she's mostly right doesn't mean she's going to stay right, but I think it's, it's a really interesting observation. You know, why am I thinking about it in this context? Like, I was really spoiled at Airbnb, right? I, I was there in this golden age where we could build and experiment and try new stuff and, and influence the product. And, you know, I didn't know that that way of like being a data scientist wasn't common or wasn't supported at most companies. And, you know, I, I think the rise of the data community is, you know, I'm super thankful for it. I wish it had existed when I was a new data scientist. But in terms of founders, you know, we spend a lot of time talking to each other now that we're like all a part of this community and not necessarily to the folks that we're, we want to build for. And I think a piece of advice we need to build for folks not like us. Um, it took me a while to realize this. I'm still, you know, realizing it, you know, after doing it for a few years, I think the best founders, particularly in the early stages, are the ones who uh, come come to founding with a lot of experience talking to customers, right? I was building a consumer product and I can build, bring that mentality. But like actually talking to, listening to customers is so important. But, you know, with that said, I'm I'm still really bullish for, for tools that make it working with data easy, lowering the barriers for entry, right? This is super important. And uh, I think what it means for those of us who are trying to build these like more empowering products, uh, you know, that rely on people having cool ideas and doing creative things. It's an uphill battle, but obviously if we get it right, the, the rewards can be pretty big. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a journey. And yeah. I think you're right about being able to have the personality and the insight and awareness to be able to talk to customers and identify real issues that are in the world. Yeah. I think um, it's why I see that, you know, really emphasizes that you should solve a problem that you've experienced yourself. And I think what that means is that implicit in that is that you've put yourself already in the customer's shoes because you sort of are the customer. And right. there's an awareness and empathy that comes from that experience of having had this pain and had this problem that gives you a sense of connection to the other people who you need to serve through this yeah. company or through this product. And sometimes founders just project their own, especially engineers, uh, engineer yeah. founders, we project our own interest in a space. I'm interested in this technically. And I think yeah. there's a technical thing that needs to exist in this market, but you didn't necessarily experience any pain from that yourself. And so sometimes your projection is just a fantasy of what you think the market needs because you or no one else close to you has ever experienced pain in this area. You just think yeah. it's a cool technical solution that needs to exist. And I think there's a very different yeah. analog with, you know, with, with founders that actually experience the pain of something. And, and that turns them, basically forces them into their own customer shoes in a way that 
happens more quickly and easily than if they were just a you know a hammer looking for a nail, so to speak. Yeah, totally. I think there's a there's a tension, right? In that, like, you want to, you need to be obsessed with what you are solving, um, not what mm-hmm. you're creating, right? I think mm-hmm. we spend a lot of our kind of pre-founder career being obsessed with what we can create because that's how we're valued, right? It's like there's a problem to show me what you can build or, or, you know, like Airbnb, it's like world is your oyster. What do you want to do? Right. I mean, I'm glamorizing it a little bit, but like, yeah, I think there are these really interesting tensions and those shifts can be really hard, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, it's like solving problems. You know, that is what you're doing. Um, that's pretty fun. If you think about it, like a a puzzle, right. Well, it's great to hear your enthusiasm about location, place, data, geodata. And I'm really happy that Iggy was started to solve some of these problems and some of this pain. So it's great to have you in the community, Lindsay. And um, thanks for sharing some of your insights with us. Thank you for having me. Really glad to be a part of it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Zero Prime podcast. I hope you enjoyed my chat today with Lindsay. If you'd like to get in touch with Lindsay about your geodata questions, you can find her on Twitter at IM underscore L Pettengill. For more info on Iggy, visit them on the web at askiggy.com. If you'd like hearing from engineer founders on the cutting edge of enterprise startups and developer tools, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show. We'll see you next time.